I had my children on the floor. I was on my favorite blanket that my grandmother gave me on the floor like a cat. And I realized in that moment, the potential of what our bodies can really do as women. Like I could feel his head. I could do my own internal, like, yeah, his head, I could feel it. I was in tears. I was just in tears and overwhelmed with gratitude. Hi, and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast, the podcast that is bringing embodied birth wisdom from women from all over the world sharing their natural birth stories. Don't forget to subscribe and download so that you can always have access to these empowering and positive natural birth stories. Hi, my name is Anna, also known as the Spiritual Midwife, and I am the Natural Birth Podcast host. I'm a midwife and a childbirth educator, and I assist women in optimizing their chances of having an empowering and natural birth experience and a nourishing and healing postpartum. I offer holistic birth preparation and postpartum online courses worldwide for the conscious mama wanting to prepare emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually for her birth and for her postpartum. And if you want to know more about me and what I do in the world, then visit me at thenaturalbirthcourse.com. If you had a natural and empowering birth experience that you would like to share with the world, then you can email me at midwife at gmail.com and maybe your story will be featured on the Natural Birth Podcast. Now let's dive into today's episode. Today we have Taylor. Taylor is a mum of two living on a boat in Brunswick Heads in New South Wales, Australia. She's a qualified nurse and doula and supports women throughout their pregnancy and postpartum as well as Ayurvedic pregnancy massage. Taylor became a doula even before having her own children, so when the day came that she felt pregnant, she already had a dream birth vision and knew what she wanted from her birth experience. Today we will hear about her two birth center births as a small boat wasn't the ideal place for birthing for her. Her most recent birth took place during the COVID pandemic and in this episode we get to hear another positive story in these crazy lockdown times. Curious about Taylor? Find her at natalhealth.com.au Hello, Taylor, and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for joining us from your car, where we know that your little <laughs> kitties are sleeping at the moment, so we're getting the opportunity <laughs> to have a chat, uh, woman to woman and birth worker to birth worker. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to hear about your two birth stories. I know nothing, and I'm so curious. <laughs> I know that you had two um, birth center births um, and I do know the midwife that you had your babies with. But to keep confidentiality, we'll just say that you're going to tell your story about your two babies' births and share mm-hmm. with why you chose to go with a birth center and an independent midwife. Yeah, sure. 
Okay, so um, I guess that I'd already dreamed up my birth uh, long before even conception. I, as a doula, we actually had to, as part of the education, we had to write our dream birth. And so the visualizations of what I really wanted uh, were there, yeah, much before conception. So not before I'd met my partner. <laughs> so he was involved in the, in the initial visualizations. Um, but yeah, so I guess, I guess that that's where my, my labor and birth journey really began was when I was studying to be a doula and, and what I would have liked as, as a, um, pregnant woman having my child. So yeah, it, it did start a long time before that. But then when I actually fell pregnant, um, of course, I was thinking about what I wanted and my preferences, we, we tend to call them now rather than your plan, because we know that plans can often change, which is unfortunate. But um, yeah, just really, really honed in on, on that visualization of what I wanted um, out of um, my laboring and birthing experience. And so, yeah, and the pregnancy was was pretty, you know, standard. I had, of course, a little bit of nausea in the beginnings and um, <clears throat> we were booked in to one care provider initially and I was pretty excited about that uh, because there was a really low cesarean rate and they really um, encouraged natural birth. However, my partner actually was the one that said, look, I actually don't feel quite comfortable here um, because emergency care is 45 minutes away. So given that, you know, I was carrying his child, it was his choice as well. So we changed care providers in the middle of my pregnancy. So yeah, I just want to emphasize that, that, that you can change care providers and, and it's no one else's business. And yes, you feel bad, you know, for the original care providers and, and you, know, you don't want them to take it personally. But at the same time, it was, it was our choice. And so we ended up going with a different care provider and that was further away, but closer to a um, emergency care. So we didn't live close, as I just said. So we actually opted to get a uh, Airbnb closer to um, where we were going to birth our baby. Um, given it was my first baby, we decided to get it for three weeks from the due date. And I hate due dates, <laughs> but um, <laughs> from the due date, because I expected that I would go over, um, which often first mothers do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so... <clears throat> It was almost like when we arrived at this Airbnb and I think that my, my mental state was just like, <sighs> I'm here now and I could just totally sink into being ready to have my baby and I went into labour the next day. So wow. <laughs> it was just amazing that that real sigh of relief mm. was just so it, it played out that that was the, the next day that we went into late, that I went into labor. So yeah, I think that where you're at mentally in mm. terms of preparing for your labor, it, it really does make a big difference. Yeah. So, and that you can feel <laughs> so safe. You were in an Airbnb close to the birth center where you were going to birth and, and, and both you and your partner felt safe. You were close to a hospital if you needed it. And 
Yeah, yeah, so your whole yeah. system can just go, okay, everything's in place and there's yeah. nothing you need to care of. No dishes, no laundry, no cleaning of house, no preparing. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, yeah, so uh, we made love in the morning and that's what <laughs> started my labour. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> and although I'd done a bit of education uh, before on how labour can often begin, I did have quite um, a a big birth show. So I did ring my midwife and I said, oh, look, there is um, a little bit of blood here and I, I don't know whether I should be concerned or not. And um, <clears throat> she she did say, look, you know, given that you had just made love, that's, that's normal, um, it is your mucus plug. Um, but if you're concerned, of course, come in and, and we'll, we'll check you out. But I wasn't concerned. It was... Um, it just, it, yeah, the, the blood didn't continue and I actually went to work. I didn't know that I was in labour. I thought, oh, yeah, this is just a little bit of a, a show but nothing's going to happen for ages. Like, you know, first baby, I'll, I'll just sort of relax and keep myself a bit distracted even. So I went to work and I was fortunate enough to be in a job that didn't have too much pressure. It wasn't a high-pressure job and I worked for maybe a few hours and then finally my manager said, look, I, I think you should go. I think you are in labour. If you're getting like intermittent cramping, then it's, it's a good sign that you're in labour. Um, so <clears throat> I um, still just had a, a faint bit of blood and so I did go to my care provider and what was really great about her was that she actually asked me, do you want me to do a vaginal examination? That was just, you know, really, really not you're here now and I have to do one. It felt really like it was my choice because, yeah, vaginal examinations, they freak me out a little bit just in terms of, of you know, it's meant to be this, this space where a child is coming out of and then suddenly people are putting things in there and it just it didn't sit right with me to have vaginal examinations um, <clears throat> so she asked me, cause I still wasn't sure whether I was in labor. This was, you know, a few hours later, probably five hours after the mucus plug came out. And anyway, I said, yeah, I would like you to check me because I want to know actually whether I'm in labor or not. Um, and she checked me and I was two centimeters dilated. Wow. Um, but just getting, you know, little cramps here and there, and it, it didn't feel too intense at that point. So we went home and um, we, my partner ran a bath for me and I told all of the people that I wanted to be um, a part of this experience, I told them. And now part of that visualisation way back when was that I wanted to be surrounded by lots of loved ones. So I know this isn't for everyone, however... I just wanted, I called it my labour shindig. I, I said to all the people that I wanted to come, I said to them, hey, look, I'm, I really want you there and, and let's have a little, you know, party with food and dancing and, you know, all of that nice stuff that I, that I wanted there. And so, yeah, I let everyone know and slowly people arrived and there was about 10, 10 to 15 of us actually in those early stages, which, I was so nice just being surrounded by my friends and my loved ones. And I had a friend singing Kirtan, like chanting, and it was the biggest hippie fest, but I just <laughs> loved it. And I felt 
with all of the oxytocin running through me and I just I remember coming out of a out of a surge I'm going to call them surges just because I contraction makes me think that I'm tightening up so yeah I came out of a, of a surge and I was just like so high on oxytocin and I just remember looking at all of my loved ones and thinking, oh my God, I'm so happy you're here right now. And I feel so loved and supported. And yeah, it was, it was a really nice experience actually having quite a few people there. And I I grew up in an Italian family, so it's really normal for me to have, you know, people around me. So lots of people and lots of noise. So yeah, at that point it actually, yeah, really helped my labor progress, which was nice. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, people slowly arrived and it was almost like I I didn't request anyone to say, okay, now your timing now, I want you to do my massage and all of that. Everyone just sort of fell into their little tasks that they were doing. And yeah, one person timed and one person was massaging my back and another person was, um, you know, facilitating the the um, mechanics of, not mechanics, what do I say? The, um, I guess the logistics, sorry, of, of everything, you know, so getting to the, getting to the care provider and all of that. So, and then that one friend that came over that does acupuncture. Now that's when things really amped up. Acupuncture was phenomenal in the middle of my labor. Like I could not recommend it enough. Um, the only the only downside was it that I had to sort of stay still, like leaned over the couch, but it helped with the pain relief so much and it helped speed up the labor like significantly. That was a real pivotal point in my labor where things just yeah, sped up big time. Um so that was nice and and yeah, things really started to progress from there and we hopped in the car and, and the friend that was on on my back, um, pushing into my pelvis. I didn't originally want her to come like for the actual birth of the baby, but you know, in the moment I just said to her, yeah, you're coming with me. You've got to come with <laughs> Need me. Your I don't hands. Know how to do <laughs> Need your hands. Oh yeah. God, I needed her there. So mm-hmm. that was, that was really nice as well to know that I could change my mind and, and have whoever I wanted there. Um, so yeah, that's, we went in the car and in hindsight, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was getting that urge to push in the car. Mm. Um, but given it was my first baby, it wasn't, you know, my baby wasn't going to pop out. I didn't think that, but, um, yeah, it definitely felt that urge to bear down. Um, that kind of, it changed from, it changed from an opening feeling to that, Oh, that reflex of that sort of bearing down. So, um, and I got, we got to our care provider and I just beelined it for the spot that I visualized originally of where I was going to have my baby. And I got in the bath and, and yeah, could feel that, that strong, strong urge to bear down and uh, my partner was there with me he had he was doing a um a guided like progressive relaxation for me so he was sort of at my head which was really 
like talking to me and guiding me through, which was so beautiful and and perfect because he in between each surge, I was just completely relaxed and and he would just guide me through it all and then I was ready for the next for the next surge to come along. So it didn't there was so much power with the surges, but I wasn't scared of them. I felt I felt so relaxed and flooded with oxytocin and so high. Like I, I mean, I don't do drugs, but I can imagine that that's what it feels like. Just complete, complete ecstasy. And uh, yeah, so we we felt that urge. That urge came strong, and then that um, then I could feel her descending and coming through. And my midwife told me to put my head, my hand down and, and feel the hair. And that was like such a wonderful feeling of going, wow, I've just done this. I mean, it wasn't complete yet, but I was still so proud of myself that, that I um, was about to birth my baby. Uh, And yeah, though that, that stage of, of the head coming out, it lasted a lot longer than I expected um, given how fast I laboured. So it was now, you know, that, that show in the morning was at about 6am and it was now probably around 9pm. So, I mean, and the intensity only really, really began about three hours before that. So I'd say that I was had really intense labor for about three hours. So given that, I thought that the birth of the actual birthing of, of my daughter would be faster than that, but it wasn't. And I'm really grateful now that it wasn't, even though at the time, it, you know, that feeling of the head coming through um, was quite strong. I'm glad I didn't because I, I gently brought her into this world and I didn't tear or anything like that. So um, although it was longer than I expected, I, I'm, I'm glad that it was a little bit um, longer because, yeah, then it, it ensured that I remained intact, which, which was nice. So, what was, the, uh, what was the length of the time, you reckon, for the second stage, for the bearing For down? the second stage? My daughter's just woken up. Sorry, just be a second. She's gone back to sleep. <laughs> Great. Um, so the second stage was about an hour and a half. Mm. Which um, is totally normal for a first time. Yeah. Long. You know, that is, <laughs> yeah, can be much longer than that as well. Yeah, yeah, mm. exactly. Mm. Um, and I wasn't during that, that stage, I wasn't like pushing really hard with all my might either. It was just that reflex of, of doing it. Um, I remember my mum saying when I was younger, oh, you know, and this sounds a little bit crass, but it actually gives a really good example of, of what that reflex feels like. She's like, yeah, it's just like vomiting, but the other way, you know, you just can't stop that, that reflex feeling. And, and so even though it's a bit gross talking about vomiting and labour, it's not the same thing, but that, that feeling of that reflex is, is really similar in terms of that bearing down reflex, you just, you can't stop it. You don't even need to, you don't need to push as such. Um, So yeah, that, that was, I was really trying not to push as well. Not trying, sorry, not trying not to push, but I just, I wasn't, 
um, doing it with all my might. So it just mm. that's probably why it took a little bit longer as well. Mm. And it's so um, funny that you say that. That's actually something that I've used a lot with women. Uh, to, yeah, comparing it to vomiting, but <laughs> down instead of up. Yeah. And, yeah, beautiful. And so yeah. how did you stay calm and how did you stay kind of, you know, centred and not feeling panicked about feeling, oh, it's taking a bit longer than I'm thinking it should and stuff like that. What what techniques did you use? So did you have any techniques by then that you were using? Um, yeah, I think that having my partner there um, taking me through that progressive relaxation, that definitely helped me stay calm. Yeah. Um, I directed my breath down to... Um, my yoni and um, birthing my baby so that really helped me stay calm and I think all of the things that I did before before that you know having having all of my friends and my people there to do all the stuff that you have to think about I just didn't want to think and that's just wanted to stay in that real primal instinctual part of my brain you know I didn't really didn't want to have to think about a thing and I and that's what made me feel the safest I I just you somehow just know that it's going to be okay when you can stay in your instincts yeah not getting that flight or fight response it was just it was it was just like yep doing this like there's no question about about whether I could or not I didn't question myself at all. I just completely trusted my body, which was, and my baby too, and all the people around me. It was just like the trust was, was the biggest thing, I think. So um, talk us through the actual birth, birthing mm. your baby. So, yeah, you can really feel once their head comes out, like it was, it was a, a relief for sure. Um, and yeah, she kind of bobbed there for a little bit. We just waited for the next, the next surge to come along. There just, there was no rush. There was no emergency. It was just yeah, doing this. Um, I was, I was on all fours and, and what happened, what really helped with that was I was doing these raspberries. Um, I think it's similar to, you know, that old style where they, I think the midwives used to tell you to pant, like <laughs> it was kind of like that, but I ended up just going. <laughs> and it really helped with um, the the pressure down there. So kind of like yeah, a horse that, breath, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a horse, isn't it? Yeah. Oh man, when that came out of me, I was so not expecting it. <laughs> Um, yeah, and there was, there was also a moment in there where my mother came up you know, big time because, because it was slower than expected. My mother told me about my birth and about how I came so fast that she almost went into shock. She couldn't hold me even after because it was just like, whoa, my baby's here. And, and so I, uh, my mother, a lot of empathy for my mother came, came up um for me during that those final stages that yeah that for um just being grateful for how I was born I, I was born vaginally but yeah and then trying to sort of change that imprint and and 
bring my baby in slower than than what she did. Do you want a natural birth, Mama? Then a natural birth course might be for you. Do you see birth as a rite of passage and an important and transformational event that you'd like to feel fully empowered in meeting? Are you, like many other women, realizing that it is time to take back your power as a birthing woman in the birth space and birth your baby your way? Would you like to feel calm and confident as you birth your baby with all the tools you need in order to meet the labor sensations naturally and be ready body, mind and soul? Do you deeply down know that your body was made to birth your baby and that you have all the inherent power and inner wisdom to do so? Are you looking for holistic midwifery wisdom and guidance to assist you and give you all the evidence-based information you need in order to feel fully sovereign in your decision-making around your pregnancy and upcoming birth? Then the Natural Birth Course is for you. Find out more at thenaturalbirthcourse.com. Uh, and then, yeah, she came into the water, was born into the water. And I just remember looking at her and thinking, that's that's my partner. Like, I just said his name straight away. Like, she just looks like you so much. Like, it was just crazy. And I've actually heard that that um, that it's designed that way so the, the father can recognise he's young in in the child um so yeah i i didn't realize i found out that later but yeah it's perfectly designed that they look like their father first up um because we obviously know that they're ours because we birthed them but you know (laughs) back in the day how are you to know that it was going to be you know who the father was (laughs) so um yeah, God, she looked like him so, so much and was completely bald and mm-hmm. um, she didn't cry too much at all and it was really nice. Um, it was a really nice first stage and it, it just was so calm and, and relaxed. It was really, really all that I could have hoped for, which <laughs> is nice. Did you stay in the bath and birth your placenta and what did you get out um I stayed it didn't feel rushed I stayed in the bath for for a while oh and she did the breast crawl uh, which was really sweet um Mm. yeah she was just patient with her and she just bobbed her head around and it probably took like at least half an hour for her to latch but just giving her that time and space and her latch was was fantastic throughout the whole the whole my whole breastfeeding journey so I really attribute that to the to the breast call and it's like tying shoelaces for you know a child if you allow them the space and time to do it themselves they'll learn better right and it's the same thing for me for the breast crawl she just 
I allowed her to, to learn how to do it herself. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, my breastfeeding journey was, was great after that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> so you were in the bath for half an hour or something before you got out? Yeah. And then I got out and, and, yeah, everything was all juicy down there. And, and I I don't feel like I actually birthed my placenta. It almost just fell out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that the the fact that the she was latched on great and that she sort of was kicking on my tummy a little bit as well, it just it just was such an easy um, birth of the placenta. Yeah, which was which was nice. Um, that you know, you didn't have to have any um syntocin to get that out. Yeah, I was probably just sitting there waiting until you stood up and then just <laughs> slip right out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was that was a good experience. And yeah, we, we stayed um the night at the care provider's uh place and <clears throat> slowly made our way back to the Airbnb for the next blissful three weeks. So yeah, mm. it was it was really nice to be able to choose where we wanted to be. Like what you were saying, there was no, there was no dishes to be done. There was no any of that. It was just I felt so relaxed in the space, um, and yeah, it really helped with my postpartum to be able to just yeah relax into being a new mother. Mm. Oh, how beautiful! So how many years after that did you fall pregnant again? And I know that you've had your baby during this COVID crazy year. So that will be very interesting to hear about your experience with that. But first tell us how many years until you fell pregnant again and had a new baba. Yeah. Um, so I, <clears throat> I fell pregnant 11 months later. Oh my, that's close. <laughs> very close. Um, so I was still breastfeeding just a little bit and I got my first my first period and and so I was fertile once and then I fell pregnant again. I was very, very lucky. I'm I'm aware that this doesn't happen for everyone. So I, I feel very fortunate that I was able to fall pregnant again very quickly and easily. Um so yeah, the <clears throat> breastfeeding didn't last too much longer while I was um, pregnant. It was it was really hard on my body um, to be able to be to be pregnant and to breastfeed at the same time. And I just take my hat off to mothers that can do dual, uh, tandem feeding. Oh my goodness, <laughs> good on them. Mm. But uh, yeah, it wasn't for me. So I I stopped breastfeeding my daughter at about thirteen months, um, and then was really really felt like I could um, nurture my new baby growing inside of me and nurture myself too. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that I was pregnant and COVID, sort of the big lockdown happened uh, <clears throat> about a two months, no, maybe a month actually before I was due and there there was this real um, uncertainty because we were going to go to, instead of going to this house this time around, we were going to go to my in-laws place for the postpartum period and they lived in Queensland. Uh, So it was just over the border and, 
uh, which meant that um, and they, my in-laws are a little bit um, older and so they were in the high um, risk category for COVID and it was way before we knew much about it. So everyone was being very, very cautious. Yeah. And <clears throat> so that fell through um, about, about four weeks before I was ready to have my baby. So then we looked at other options um, about where we could stay um, closer to um, closer to the care provider's house, which again was the same place. Um, we didn't choose the Airbnb this time around because it was around the time of festivals in this area, so it was much more expensive to stay there. Um, so we were looking at different options like house exchange and all of that and then I think another two fell through because everyone was just so scared of the COVID. So, of of COVID, so they that was the uncertainty just before I was about to have my baby was was really a bit scary. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but what was been what was amazing was that the festivals were cancelled and mm-hmm. all the Airbnbs ended up getting cancelled. So. Luckily, this beautiful place that we had last time, it came available again for a much more affordable price. So mm. I think when when that was all set, again, my mental state, I just went, ah, yeah, this is great. So, yeah, it, it, we didn't plan it to stay in the same place again, but it, I was so happy to be there. <laughs> it was so nice. And <clears throat> my due date came and went again. And even though I know that the kids, you know, the babies don't come on their due dates, there was still this sense of, come on, baby, come on. Like, and I was only a day over and I was just putting pressure on myself and on my baby and, and all of that. And it was just, it just was so bad. I hate that. I hate due dates. (laughs) Yeah, That shows how deeply indoctrinated that is for you, you know, who are a birth worker, who are, you know, you're a doula and, and still that affects you so strongly. Um, All right. So we're back recording. We had babies waking up in the car and now we have little Tinder who we're talking about now, her birth story, uh, breastfeeding (laughs) while we have a chat. So you might be hearing some noises from Ginger as she breastfeeds. (laughs) So let's get back to the story. So we're at the um, getting the Airbnb that wasn't available, but now is. And yeah. so <laughs> what happens then? Tell us about Ginger's birth story now. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I woke up in the morning uh, at about 4 a.m. And, and again, I, I, um, my birth show was, was quite big and it was so nice not to feel worried about it this time though and just go with it and <clears throat> I told my partner to just relax and stay in bed and I took some time for myself um, I went to the beach and uh, watched the sunrise and and had some music playing and it was just such a nice moment for me and ginger and that and that feeling of having I knew it would be those last moments of of having a baby inside of me and that I 
was pretty sure that I didn't want to have any more children. So it was, yeah, just really come to terms with, oh, this will be the last time I'm feeling her inside of me. And um, yeah, to have that really private, um, special moment was just, was just lovely. And again, I wasn't uh, too stressed about um, the timing of things. Um, I let my midwife know and she actually said to me, look, given, given that you birthed your last baby quite, your labor was quite fast, then I think you should come round. Um, which is just so nice when you know your midwife and that they know you and you don't have to get involved in, oh, but my contractions are three minutes apart and two minutes, blah, 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 you know, like it just, I didn't have to worry about any of that. She's just like, just come around. So in terms of being at, at being in the middle of COVID, it didn't feel like it because it was at the birth center. Um, so yeah, not in a hospital at all, not even attached to a hospital. So there was no, <clears throat> there was no concern about you know putting masks on or any of that kind of stuff, which I'm so grateful for. And what's wonderful is that um, a hospital close by has actually recognised that um, home birth was uh, more ideal during COVID. So they actually. Um, have a home birth program now as well, which is just awesome. Oh, yeah. God, that's so exciting. How amazing. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that home birth was, it, it actually increased significantly during yeah. COVID. Especially yeah. requests for it. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So that, that makes me so happy to, to just think that um, the optimal environment for women um which is your home, that's, that's where you feel most comfortable and that's where you're going to have the best birth. Um, well, I, I, from my experience, that's right anyway. So, um, yeah, so anyway, in terms of COVID, it, it really didn't, didn't feel too bad having, having, uh, having, my, um, having Ginger there. So, yeah, so uh, <clears throat> I was a little bit slow to get ready to go. We um, opted for a birth photographer this time around and yeah, she came over and it was really calm and I was going through my surges and we even sort of headed off and then stopped and got some food. So I felt really nourished, um, you know, just some takeaway food and we're eating that along the way. And, and the trip, the trip to the birth centre um, was calm and, and this just had, you know, slight surges. And my daughter, my two-year-old daughter was in the back as well and she was hearing all my sounds and all my moans and she wasn't worried. She was just, yeah, it was almost like it was normal for her. She, she yeah, wasn't. we did watch a few videos before um, and she knew what was happening I don't know if she knew how her life would change, but she knew that I, <laughs> she knew that I was having a baby. And, uh, yeah, we arrived at the care provider's place again and went straight back to that same spot. <laughs> <laughs> into the bathtub. Um, into the bathtub. And my daughter hopped in and it was, 
yeah, I felt really, really calm and and relaxed, and it was it was really lovely having my daughter there because that's what instead of having all of my loved ones in terms of my friends like last time, this time it was my loved ones, but it was my intimate family and. And that just helped the oxytocin flow. It was so, so good. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> and I had this sudden urge to stand up and I got out of the bath and I started stamping my feet and that was, that was in hindsight, it's the transition where the baby starts to <laughs> descend. Uh, so I was not there for long. I think I'd been there for about half an hour to 45 minutes and already boom, baby was starting to just to descend. So oh, I was really, really, really happy that my midwife told me to come <laughs> over um, earlier than what I thought I would have had to have. Uh, so, yeah, so she could see um, there's a line in your bottom. Uh, you probably know about this. Um, it's a really pink line in your back crack. And she looked at that and she said, if you want to have this baby in the bath, you've got to get in there now. So I was literally stamping my feet um, for, oh, I reckon three minutes. And then she was like, you've got to get back in now if you want to have a water birth. And I was sort of like, what? Why already? You know way. Like, come on. Um, this part took ages last time. Won't it take ages again? Uh, <laughs> boy, was, boy, was I wrong. So she came out with, in about 10 minutes this time. So it was so different to last time. Um, <clears throat> one one push for her head and then her body one, was one push and then that was it and she sort of came up. And so it wasn't as relaxed and calm as my first um, daughter's uh, descent and coming through and out. It did feel a little bit more rushed this time. Um, and I think because I was in that kind of like, oh, this was so fast. And then I kind of, because I'd been breastfeeding, you know, only, <clears throat> uh, you know, just previously with my other daughter, I was like, okay, so get my boob out and put it in her mouth. And so I didn't do the breast crawl with this one. Mm. And her latch has not been as good and it was never as good. And my breastfeeding journey with her is really different. So she kind of falls off really easily and all of that. So take anything from this. The breast crawl is like so good. And I just, I think I was just, yeah, caught up in, in the rush of becoming faster that I just sort of put her on the boob and didn't allow her to give her a chance to actually, um, yeah, try and latch on herself. So yeah, it was mm. it was different this time. The the latch was was much poorer. I mean, I'm not saying that that's a be all and end all. Like I know that it could just be a coincidence that her <laughs> latch wasn't as good. Um, but yeah, I do feel that the the um, the breast crawl had a, a big contribution to my my breastfeeding journey initially. So. Yeah. Well, that's true. And yeah, it's so much more than just the latches, the mechanics is of the crawling and the, like, it's like the, the neural pathways in the brain starts connecting already from birth. And they're so hyper aware that, you know, at birth, they're so aware and so awake and taking in so much information. So it is really valuable if you can, just like you did with your first to do that breast crawl, because yeah, there's, 
the establishment does it does really impact the establishment of breastfeeding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Little Ginger is trying to to be part of this conversation. She's looking into the <laughs> into the camera. It's so cute. <gasps> Hello. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah, both both experiences, you know, I didn't have any um pain relief with them, but both so different, you know, like the second was was more intense and fast um but yeah I I don't know I don't know if one's better or worse because it was so much shorter the first time she was born so my my first feeling like when my um mucus plug was released was 4 a.m and then she was born by 10 a.m so like six hours from like the first moment and I would say the intensity only lasts for an hour with the second one. So yeah, now, and that was my second baby and I'm the third of my um, siblings. So now I understand, now I understand why my mum was, why I came so fast. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Being, being her third child, I I really, God, I cannot imagine if I have a third, how quick it would come. (laughs) It also also really depends on that you you did have them very close together as well. It's different if you have a bigger gap of a few oh, okay. years. Yeah, having them so close, it's kind of it's like you've all you're already so open. You know, it wasn't long ago that you had your first, so that mm-hmm. also really influences the time. So they say, you know, if there's a few years in between, then maybe you can you know imagine that it's half the time of the first time you had a baby. If you had you know it took you twelve hours, then yeah six hours of you know active labor and but if you have them that close together it's even a third they say of the time wow. and it's probably what you experienced yeah, yeah most definitely yeah yeah, yeah. so that yeah. makes sense so, when they're really close together yeah yeah that's right and yeah did my partner like barely got a chance to be <laughs> able to take me through any relaxations or anything this time around so um I'm curious but the postpartum this time was given COVID. Oh my goodness. It was, it was just this little intimate three weeks again of just us four as a family. And oh, it was so nice. It was really, really nice because COVID was in the middle of COVID and no one was really going out and it was like really special. I remember I just, I slept in for and I didn't get out of bed one day for like until the afternoon, and I've ne- I've never done that before. So yeah, that was that was really nice to be able to uh, yeah just melt into the postpartum. And and second time around, I've been much less hard on myself to have to do things and all of that. I've I've nurtured myself much better this time around. Beautiful. Well, that is one of the gifts, isn't it, of the lockdown situations. There's many things that are not good when it comes to being pregnant during these times and obviously birthing and all of that. But one of the beautiful things is that you know, the postpartum can potentially be less stressful of having all the family and the social engagements and and taking it as an opportunity to really nurture yourself and doing what traditions have done throughout the ages, which is the confinement, the 40 day confinement of staying in bed, of just eating and sleeping and resting and healing and breastfeeding your baby and bonding and just being in that love bubble. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was a love bubble. That's for sure. 
Thank you so much for sharing your backstories. So I would love to um, hear if you had a first time mama in front of you right now, she's about to have her first baby and she wants to have a natural and empowering birth experience. What advice or pearls of wisdom would you give to her? Uh, I would say trust your instincts. I know that books and education is vital. However, your instincts, if you can tap into them, that's that's the biggest thing, isn't it? We're so conditioned to think, 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 and we think too much, you know? So <clears throat> if anything, just try and do things to help you with your, get you into your instincts. So whether that be meditations or visualizations or, you know, doing some kind of sport or exercise that you love, we just get out of that thinking brain and just get into your body. That's, that's what I'd recommend <laughs> for a first time mother. Mm. Beautiful. I love that. I totally agree. Absolutely. When you, when you feel also like you know what you want and then being able to let go of the mind and just be with the flow and with be with your, with your intuition and your instincts. Yeah. With, with that said though, I don't mean just wing it because winging it doesn't work these days. It's almost like I, I feel like I was provided information and provided um, all of these wisdoms and then, and then let it go. And then whatever came. So it was important for me to learn, learn everything but then to also let it go too mm. and have that strong visualisation but then also let that visualisation go when it came to actually labouring. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Learn but unlearn. It's, <laughs> it's, it's weird. Yeah, it really mm. is. Beautiful. Yeah. Is there anything that you would like to add before we wrap things up? Uh, no, just happy birthing for for all women. I just I wish I wish that you know, given that I'm a doula and a um, birth educator, I really I just hope that women can bring new life into this world in a really safe and calm manner. Mm, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your birth stories and your wisdom with us today. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you for doing what you're doing. (laughs) Thank you for listening. If you love this podcast, then please share it. Grade it on iTunes and leave a comment. If you want to connect on social media, you can find me on Facebook as The Spiritual Midwife or on Instagram as The underscore Spiritual underscore Midwife. Thank you for listening.